0: Hallelujah. Well, so today is, a, at least for me, a very special day. And um, I guess with Pastor Christian and Aaron, they're in Australia. Um, a quick update from them. They have said, like, in the beginning when they were in Australia, the fire was falling, but there was still some reluctance. And so, uh, but last night, the fire really fell in Australia. So that's where Pastor Christian, our lead pastor, is at. I'm the interim pastor. My name is Marcus to all the newcomers. And um, I just wanted to give you a quick update before we started. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's all open our Bibles to Galatians 1.10. All right, let's read it all together one more time one two three for am i now seeking the approval of man or of god or am i trying to please man if i were still trying to please man i would not be a servant of christ amen let's bow our heads in prayer father god we thank you lord god we thank you father god that you love us lord god we thank you father god that lord every day lord god has been made by your hand lord god And that today, this Sabbath day, Lord God, is a a day that you have made, Lord God. And so we rejoice and we are glad in it, Father. We pray, Lord God, over this time, Lord God, as, Lord God, you have brought me up here, Lord God. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, Lord God, may it be pleasing to you and you alone, Father God. I pray today, Father God, that you would just work in the hearts and minds of each and every person here, Lord God. May your word fall on good soil and that the enemy would not be able to snatch it away, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I bind the enemy right now, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I bind him right now in Jesus' name, his servants and his effects, that you would reign, Father God, in the hearts and minds of your people here. So I pray, Lord God, you would get the glory on this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. So Galatians 110. Galatians 110. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Pastor Christian told me that I would be preaching today about a month ago. So you could say maybe I've had a month to prepare, but not really. I really started preparing like, 2 days ago. And so as I but I have thought about it and it's been rapidly approaching and my prayers have been more like Lord bring something up that may delay it. Lord, bring something up that may cause me to preach maybe a week later so I'll have more time. But God's really been like uh-uh my plans will my plans will prosper, my plans will succeed. You will preach on Jan- on February 15th 2009. So here I am. And I pray when I prayed about what to preach about. I thought, what would I what could I preach about that would really that people would be like, wow, what can I preach about where people would be like, man, that Marcus, that intern, Pastor Marcus, he is one anointed preacher. Hallelujah. And that's what and and God immediately rebuked me. And the word he immediately led me to was Galatians one ten. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about approval. About where and how we seek approval and what it means for each one of us. We all love to be approved and affirmed. Amen. I mean, we all love to hear. Good job. You're doing a great work. We love that encouragement. We love to to hear someone say, you know what? I like what you wore that Sunday. You know, I really liked your outfit. You know what? You look nice today. You know, you're doing a good job. We all love that affirmation. And Paul in Galatians, he's speaking to the church of Galatia and he talks about approval. See, the reason he talks about approval is before that there are all kinds of gospels that started rising up and people started looking to these other gospels because the people who came up, they started preaching a gospel that was getting more approval. So the people started doubting Paul. They started wondering, is Paul even really an apostle? Is the word that Paul has, is it really from God or is it from man? Because the Jews in that time, they approved the other Gospels. They approved the message that other people were saying. And so Paul asks, am I seeking the approval of man or of God? And he's talking about something that you and I know a lot about, approval. In our lives, we seek approval from so many places. We seek approval from our families. We seek approval from our friends. We seek approval from our bosses. We seek approval from our pastors. We seek approval from our brothers and sisters. We seek approval everywhere. And Paul is talking about how that approval can be a problem. How instead we should not look for approval from man, but from God. And there are three ways, there are three issues that Paul brings up in the sermon. Not in his passage right here. And I want to bring it up in this sermon. But first, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them, I got issues. Turn to them and say, I got issues. Mina, turn to your neighbor and say, I got issues. I didn't see you saying it. Media team in the back. Mike, say, I got issues. I got issues. See, there's there's three issues. Okay, you can stop. Thank you. See, there's three things that that come up when it comes to the approval of man. When we seek the approval of man instead of God, there's three issues that we have. And the first is that it's a me issue. Everyone say, it's a me issue. Seeking the approval of man is a me issue. And not just me, but you, me issue. You get what I'm saying? Because, see, when it comes down to why we seek the approval of man, our initial response is because of them. We like to turn the issue of why we seek approval from others into a them issue. Oh, the reason I, I act this way is not it's not because of me. It's because of them. Oh, the reason I the reason I go out all the time is it's not because of me. It's because of them. The reason I live a life of compromise is it's not because of me. It's because of them. It's because of peer pressure. Oh, they pressured me into doing it. I live a life that seeks their approval because of them. It's all because of them. Peer pressure makes me act like that. It's my boss's attitude that makes me turn down the praise music at at work. Oh, it's... It's my family's pressure. It's because of them. I live my life for their approval, not because of me, but because of them. My family says that this church is crazy. You hear the stuff that they do at this church? This church is crazy. Who goes to church four days a week? That's crazy. And so the reason I stopped coming out was not because of me, but because of them. Or. The reason I, I don't share my faith, it's not cause of me, it's because of them. If I tell them about Christ, if I tell them that where, how I spend my Fridays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Wednesdays, Sundays, they may think I'm crazy. Because it's about them. It's because of them that I live my life in this way. We're really good at blame shifting. We're really good at shifting the blame onto other people. We're really good at saying, it's not a me issue. It's a them issue. Sometimes we even throw the blame on God. You know, I don't preach the gospel because I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to make anyone angry. I don't want to make anyone in my family dislike me. You know, if I tell them about Christ. That may offend them. We forget that all along Christ, his sacrifice is the most offensive thing. In all of human history. Christ dying on the cross is offensive. But we don't say that. Because it's not a me issue. I don't want to deal with that. It's a them issue. And see, the enemy knows that. He knows that we can shift it into a them issue. That if we can pass the blame onto someone else, then we don't have to deal with the responsibility and the consequences of our own sin. Paul experienced the same thing. See, Paul was faced with the temptation to say, you know, maybe I should stop preaching this way. Maybe I should give you another gospel, maybe a gospel that you approve of. You know, it's not a me issue, it's a them issue. They only like this gospel, so I should give them this gospel. Adam was faced with the same thing. Adam was really good at blame shifting. Genesis 3:12, he says, The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. God was like, Adam, what did you do? And he said, Hey God, it's not a, it's not a me issue. It's, it's a her issue. You know, Eve came to her, Eve came to him and, here Adam, here's this apple. You want some of this apple? And Adam was like, you know what? Eve's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's really my standard of beauty. It's the only woman I've ever seen in my life. Eve is is mad fine. You know what? Give me that apple. And when God asked him about it, oh, it wasn't, it's not me. It's her. It's a her issue. What a cop out, right? Paul understood that when it comes down to it, it's not a me issue. It's not a them issue. It's a me issue. That seeking the approval of man before God is a me issue. He says that if am I seeking the approval of man, if I am trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I would not be because it's a me issue. You not seeking the approval of your boss or your family or the people in at home. It's. It's a me issue. Not anyone else's. You have to stand before God and give an account, not anyone else. And so that's the first issue, that it's a me issue. The second issue is that it's a faith issue. Everyone say it's a faith issue. issue. See, once you understand that it's something that you and I have to deal with, you then have to understand that it's a faith issue that seeking the approval of man instead of God is a faith issue. When Paul talks about searching for the approval of man versus the approval of God, he puts it in a way that makes it a faith issue. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is an assurance of things that you hope for. It's a belief that as you seek things, you'll be rewarded by them. And we look at these verses usually and we talk about them as being faith in terms of me and God. But really, it defines faith, period. Faith is about What you put your trust in, where you seek a reward. These verses, they define faith because with or without God, whether you are a believer or not, you put your faith in something. Amen. It's a faith issue. It's a faith issue because you and I, we seek a reward from the people that we look to for approval. We seek a reward from our family members. We seek a reward from our, our boss. We seek a reward from our pastors. We seek a reward from people of the opposite sex. You put your faith in them and not in God. You put your faith in relationships, in clothes, in things, because eventually we are expecting a reward. I mean, I am so guilty of this. I can think of back in the day when I was in high school, right? I grew up in this very small town called Ashboro in North Carolina. It had maybe, I don't know, about thirty, forty thousand 40,000 people. It's real small. And what we used to do in high school is we used to do something we like to call parking lot. I'm not going to say that that last word. But we used to be in the parking lot. (laughs) And we used to be out there trying to pick up girls in high school. And what we'd do is we'd, we'd get up. We'd get together around 9 o'clock. We'd all, like, we'd all, we wouldn't get dressed yet. We'd bring our, like, best outfits to one of our houses, right? And we'd be, like, coordinating it, like, yo, doll, like, you going to wear that? Oh, yeah, all right, I'm going to wear this. All right, let's not wear the same color, though, because that's not cool. And then let's, uh, and then we would coordinate our outfits, and then we'd go to the Walmart parking lot, Right? So we go to Walmart about around like 10 o'clock and like around 10, that's when it would really like, that's when everyone would just show up at Walmart. And so we would park at Walmart and then we wait and we'd we'd get up out of our cars and we'd be standing at Walmart like this, (laughs) like that, right? And so we would, that's when everyone would come out and people would drive around and that's when like all the girls, all the guys, everyone would come out. And we, we had put so much faith in our clothes. Like we were like, you know, I got these new Jordans. I got these new shoes. You know what I'm saying? I'm going, to, I'm going to get a reward. A phone number. See, we used to think that if we, if we put our, our best foot forward, right? If we put our best outfit on, had our best hats on, our best jackets, that some girl would notice us. And that we would get a phone number. We call them digits. <laughs> and that's what we put our faith in. We put our faith in the things that we had because we were seeking the approval of man. Some of us put our faith in our parents. We believe that if, while God said that we need to honor our parents, we believe that if everything our parents say, if we, if our parents tell us to stop going to church, you know, our parents will reward us to reward us by continuing to pay our rent, continuing to give us food, continuing to provide for us or our friends or maybe even the brothers and sisters here at church. That during the worship time, instead of standing up and giving everything to God because we have faith that it is God who will reward us. We hold back because we don't want the disapproval of the person next to us. We don't want the person next to us to say, oh, you see the way Mina worships? That girl's crazy. I don't like that. Oh, you see the way Tim worships? I don't like that. And we place our faith in them because we hope that we would get their approval and not their disapproval. We put our friends, our family, and everything else above God. Even like the service team, they serve so much. They serve without receiving a thank you. They serve so much and they put their faith in God that God would reward them. But what if they didn't? How many of us go to the service team? What if the service team was looking to man for a reward? They never receive a thank you. They never receive a good job. So you know what would happen if they were looking to man? We would have no snacks. We would have no reward, no snacks, nothing, if they were looking to us for reward. Because it's a thankless job. And see, God is looking for all of us to have that kind of heart. He's looking for us to have a heart like Paul that looks for the approval of God and not the approval of man. So what do you place your faith in? What do you place your faith in? Think about it. Look into your life right now and ask, what do I place my faith in? Do I place my faith in my, my mind? Do I place my faith that when the toughest things happen, it will be my intellect that will save me? Do I place my faith in, in my bank account? Do I place my faith in my family? Do I place my faith in my church? Do I place my faith in these walls? In the people I meet here? Instead of the God that brought them here. Do I place my faith in the fellowship here? That I come here really just because the fellowship is great. Just because I can know some really cool people. Or the God that brought them here. Do we place our faith in these walls here? Or maybe even in the people here. Hoping that they will reward us with an experience. And not the God who provides for us and gives everything to us. Where do you place your faith? Is it in man or is it in God? And lastly. The third issue is that it's a worship issue. It's a worship issue. Seeking the approval of man instead of the approval of God is a worship issue. Worship, it means if you look it up in the dictionary, it means to exalt. Or to give worth to. Seeking the approval of others. Living a life that looks towards the approval of man instead of God. Is more than anything. More importantly, a worship issue. You see the praise team? Let's stop for a second. And think about the praise team. Let's imagine that the praise team, when they come up every day. That when Brian leads worship. He's singing not to an audience of one. But to an audience of 80. That when Brian stands here and he leads worship. He's singing with the hopes that after service you'll go up to Brian and you'll say, Brian, you have an amazing voice. Praise team. You guys are unbelievably talented. You know what? I'm so glad that I have you guys. And we stop right there. And we just put all the heap, all the praise on them, on the worship team. That we really, when we worship, we look to the worship team and not to God. These river rows right here, when Christian first started them, he put me and Myungwa up front. And I hated it. I really like standing in the back. I really like standing in the back so I can look and see how everyone else is worshiping. And I feel really blessed when I see everyone else worship. And one day I stood in the back and I saw this, you know, Pastor Christian. I saw him, this decked out guy in a suit looking around over here beside Aaron. And I was like, Oh snap, Pastor Christian's looking for me. And he sent, I forgot who he sent. Maybe he sent John Michael or Larry. To come in the back and say, Pastor Christian wants you up front now. (laughs) And I was like, oh snap. And so I came up. And after, Pastor Christian said, don't you, don't you ever stand in the back again. You stand up front. Why? Because you don't want to look to man for worship. You want to look to God. See, if we look to the worship team and our eyes are fixated on the way that Brian worships, or the way that Diana worships, or the way that Helen worships, if our eyes are fixed on them, it's no longer worship, brothers and sisters, it's a concert. If you look to me when you when you are listening right now and you don't look to God, you don't listen for God's leading during this time, it's not a sermon anymore, brothers and sisters. It's a speech. Barack Obama should be up here, not me. It's a worship issue. Seeking the approval of man is a worship issue because at the heart of it, you have to ask. Where in your life, who or what am I giving worth to? Who or what am I exalting before God? What am I looking to for approval? When you look to someone or something for approval. That's what you're exalting. That's what you're praising. That's what you're worshiping. Who or what are you exalting? Our lives are consumed with so many things that we look to and we worship. And really, they're false gods. They're gods that we seek approval from. That we place our faith in and as a result, we value it more than we value God. Everyone turn to Exodus 20, 3 to 5. Exodus 23 to 5 says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. God says not to worship just the things in heaven. Do not to worship anything other than him. Whether it's things in heaven or here on earth. Whether it's things in the water or things that are right here beside us. Any likeness or anything. See, when God says anything, he means anything. When God says all, he means all. To worship him and him alone. In verse five, it says not just to have or make any other gods, but also not to serve them or bow down to them. When you serve something. You're looking for the approval of those things. Orson Welles once wrote, it's not the things that we hate that will enslave us. But the things that we love. Idolatry is not the things that we hate enslaving us. It's not the things in our lives that we utterly despise that enslave us, but the things that we seek approval from, the things that we look to, the things that we love that enslave us. Those are the idols in our lives. And the enemy seeks to use those things for our destruction. It's the same question that I gave you earlier about faith. What do you worship? Ask yourself, what in your life do you exalt? What do you place and seek approval for? And what are the things in your life? That you serve. A couple weeks ago, our sister Monica came to Friday Fire. And she came with her husband, Roberto. And Monica was scheduled to preach. Monica had a message that she had prepared. She had came ready to preach. And we all had expectations for it. Oh, Monica's coming and Noberto. I mean, wow. Like Monica, like Heidi Baker. She went and she learned under Heidi Baker. You know all the things Heidi Baker does? If you heard Noberto preach, oh, they're going to release something crazy at Friday Fire. And Monica came to preach and she came and she came, up to, she came up on the stage and you could tell visibly that she was nervous because we were all looking to her with expectant eyes. Monica, give us something that we have never received before. Give us something that we haven't seen before. Give us something crazy. And Monica had two choices. She could have sought the approval of man or the approval of God. And what Monica did in that in that one moment, that crucial moment when she was shaken, you could tell she was shaking up there. She called her husband up and they began to lead us in a time of worship. Because it was about the approval of God, not the approval of man. The reason I tell you about that night is because it wasn't about any of us that Monica came to speak. It's not about you that I am standing here today. It wasn't about us at Friday Fire that Monica was there. It was about the approval and the affirmation of God. The one voice that deserved worship, God. The one person that deserved worship, God. Not our approval, not our expectancy, but God's. God was the object of her worship, and God would not allow his glory to go to anyone else except for himself. Instead, that night, he received all the honor, glory and praise. And today, this service, when you come to church on Sundays, when you live your lives, it's not it's not about service. It's not about this service. It's not about your, the things in your life that you seek approval from. It's about worship. It's a worship issue. Your lives have to be about worship. So that God gets all the glory, honor, and praise. In Isaiah 48, 11, God says, For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? How should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. God's glory will not be shared with your idols. God's glory will not be shared with the things in your life that you seek approval from or that you exalt before God. What do you worship? What do you exalt before him? Because God is looking to you right now and saying, Those things do not deserve glory. Those things do not deserve honor. Those things do not deserve praise. I receive the glory, honor, and praise. It is for my name. It is for my sake that I do it. What are your gods? Is it your time? Is it that you look for people to approve and respect your time? how organized you are how you spend your time so effectively or do you worship women do you worship men that every day you wake up spending hours trying to figure out what to wear how to look so that you will get the approval or not the disapproval of the opposite sex or maybe that you'll catch the attention Of someone. I mean yesterday was Valentine's Day. What are your gods? Is it your family? That you exalt them in their opinions above anything else? Even above the word of God? Is it your friends? That you will put off time spent in prayer. You will put off spending time reading the Bible. Because if you told your friends they would disapprove. Because you know, oh, I need to spend time with my friends instead of spending time with you, God. Or maybe I should go to the club with my friends. If I tell them that I'm instead going to go home and read my Bible, they'll probably never talk to me again. What are your gods? Because those things that you seek approval from, they are your gods. They're your idols. It's not the things that we hate that the enemy uses to enslave us, but the things that we love. That is why God said, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does. Seeking that approval from man comes not from the Father, but from the world. It's a worship issue. Paul said, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Seeking the approval of man and seeking the approval of God cannot coexist. They are mutually exclusive. You cannot seek the approval of man and the approval of God. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot love and worship both God and money. You cannot love and worship God and family. You cannot love and worship God in your church. You cannot love and worship God in your appearance, God in your respect, God in yourself. It's a worship issue. What are the gods in your life? What do you worship? What do you seek approval from? What do you exalt? It's a me issue. It starts with you. It's not anyone else. You can't shift the blame onto anyone else why you worship other gods. I can't on judgment day I can't stand before God and say God the reason I worshiped drinking, the reason I worshiped sex, the reason I worshiped my family, the reason I worshiped my appearance, the reason I worshiped my mind, the reason I worshiped my things, was because of society, because of others. That excuse will not do. It's a faith issue. What are you putting your faith in? Are you seeking the approval of your bosses and placing your faith in them? I have to admit that for the longest time I was seeking the approval a Pastor Christian and not God. I was seeking the approval of my family, of others, and not God, and hoping that they would reward me. But as God said to all the all all the idolaters in the old testament, if you're going to put your faith in them, let those things save you. And it's a worship issue. What do you worship? What do you exalt? They're not mutually exclusive. You can't worship God and worship man. You can't worship God on Sundays and then worship God, worship man every other day of the week and put God in the back burner. Sundays, they're not your fill. Every day should be spent worshiping God. It's about a lifestyle of praise and worship. Not three hours. What are your gods? See, there's a reason why Paul talks about these things first. He talks about the approval of man first. Because he says... If I'm looking to please man. Then I would not be a servant of God. See if you're seeking to please man. You're not a servant of Christ. We want to be an army of mighty warriors. But we have to have our gaze fixed on the commander first. We have to have our eyes fixed on the battle plans. On the one on the white horse and not on the things around us. It is only after we've given up our idols before God that we can be used by him. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs. 28. Thirteen. As I was praying over this message, this is what God put on my heart Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. In the NIV, it says, whoever confesses and renounces them will obtain mercy. Our God is a God that doesn't want us to live lives of service to other gods, service to the things of this world. He wants us to worship him, to find our reward in him. He is abounding in love and in mercy. If we want to be used by God, we have to confess, repent and renounce of our idolatry. John Michael quoted this verse on Friday during the prayer time. Joshua 713. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. Many of us have hopes and dreams God has given to us to be used in a mighty way. But we cannot stand before our enemies in battle until we have removed the devoted things. Until we have cast off those idols in our lives. Until we have cast off our desire for the approval of man. Because you don't need it. Because God is saying... You don't need it. All you need is the approval and the affirmation of God. Now said this also on Friday and it spoke to me. She said to God, each one of us are the only one. And he loves each one of us. A hundred percent. God's seeking to use each one of you in a mighty way. Greater things will be done by us than those before us. But you have to first cast off those idols, cast off the approval of man, and seek the approval of God. Let's take today as the first opportunity to walk in his approval, his affirmation, and away from the idolatry of the past. Let us look for his affirmation. That we would take an affirmative action. That we would look to him. So right now, I want us to go into a time of prayer. If prayer team, if you would come up. I mean, praise team, if you would come up, sorry. Media team, if you would hit the lights. I want us to go into a time of prayer. And I'm not asking you to come up. I'm asking you to take some time and ask yourself, what are your gods? What are the things in your life that you seek approval for? What are you worshiping? What are your gods? And then come before him. Confess them, renounce them and receive his forgiveness and mercy so that you can be used. It is total surrender. It is when we surrender everything to God that he uses us in mighty ways. It is when we have absolutely nothing that God uses us. So let us go into a time of prayer, surrendering everything to God, surrendering our idols, things in our lives that we've been lifting up. Let's pray.
1: Lord God, Father God, Lord God, I just come before you, Lord God. This Father God, placing that mercy, Lord
0: God, every God, Lord God, a Lord God. Every God, Lord God, see you, Lord God, Lord God. Lord God, you will get the praise, Lord God. You would get the honor, and you would get the glory, Lord God. lay those idols at his feet lay those things at his feet Everything, Lord God, I've been seeing approval from, singing approval from, that's true, approval from, man, approval from, the people around me, God, I just confess it, repent kind of it right now, Lord God, Ezekiel 36, 25 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God is calling us to to just come before Him as He will cleanse us of all our uncleanness, as He cleanses us from from all our our idols, our idol worship. Lord God, we come before You, Father, confessing, Lord God, that, Father, at the root of all our sin, Lord God, is idolatry. At the root of all our sin, Lord God, is is seeking the approval and the satisfaction of, Of the things of this world, Lord God, and not you. But Lord God, right now, Father God, Lord God, we just, Lord God, we heed that call that you have placed upon our hearts to take action. We confess it and we repent of that sin, Lord God. Lord God, we pray, Father God, that Lord God, you would give us the strength to turn away from the idols in our lives, Lord God. And to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. For us to worship you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth. And that the truth of our lives, Lord God, the spirit in which we walk, Lord God, will be glorifying, Father God, to your name. Lord God, we pray, Father God, that you would make each one of us a fruitful vineyard, Lord God. That you would guard and water continually, Lord God. And Father God, when the enemy comes to tempt us away, to tempt us away to seek the approval or disapproval of man. Lord God, may your... Affirming love come upon us, God. May your grace and mercy just cover us and shield us, Lord, from all the lies of the enemy. That we would no longer serve the gods of our bodies, the gods of our minds, the gods of this world. That we would serve you and you alone. Change us, God. And Lord God, if we we cannot see the idols in our lives, Lord God, Give us greater revelation, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord God, to see what you see. For, Lord, you desire clean and holy, set-apart vessels for your purpose. Push us, Lord God, to just strive for you and you alone. Lord, we love you. We love you, Father God. We love you. Oh, Lord God. We cast away all our idols. We put on just the name of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Lord God, we praise you, Father. We worship you. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. May our lives be a life of worship to you, God. A lifestyle of worship. We thank you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen.